Hello and welcome to I Could Go On, the podcast where people go on and on and on about the topics that they love. As always, I'm your host, Caroline Herriter, and this week I am joined by a very, very special guest, Cece Herriter, my older sister. We are going to be talking about not just a special interest of hers, but a special interest of mine, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Now, listening to this back, I realized it's a little hard to follow the plot of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the musical or biblical story, a quick synopsis. It's the story of Jacob's 12 sons, his favorite being Joseph. Now, after Jacob gives his favorite son a beautiful coat of many colors, his other sons become quite jealous deciding to sell him into slavery. Joseph is subsequently taken from Israel into Egypt, where he works for an evil landowner named Potiphar, gets seduced by Potiphar's wife, goes to jail for a bit, interprets some people's dreams, meets the Pharaoh, gets made the Pharaoh's advisor, saves Egypt from a terrible famine, and then returns to his father and brother. I know, it sounds like a crazy story. I guarantee the musical is even crazier. Just give it a watch, but not before you give this a listen. I didn't know this was the musical episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This episode's a musical. And it was red and yellow and blue and blue. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the I Could Go On podcast. Cecilia Herriter, my sweet, sweet older sister. Hi. Thank you for having me. How are you, Caroline? I'm so good. So good because I'm talking to you. And I'm very excited also to talk to you about today's topic, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about it with you as well. Well, before we get into it, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Obviously, I know who you are, but... Sure. Um, So I'm Cece. I am an animation student at Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, And I do storyboards and character designs and merchandise for different people. So you can follow me at CC Herriter on Instagram or go to ccherriter.com to learn more. Well, Cece, would you like to introduce what we're going to be going on and on about? Maybe give a little background on why you wanted to talk about this? You asked me to do this a while ago, and I was thinking about the different topics I could discuss because there are quite a few things that I think I could go on about, but this is really the only one that I do not have a logical explanation for why I enjoy this as much as I do. It's just been a constant in my life, and I just love Joseph. I love Joseph, too. I'm really excited to talk about this because, I mean, I've enjoyed the episodes so far that I've done but I haven't gotten to talk about or I haven't gotten to 
interview someone on a topic that I also know a lot about. I'm excited to get to talk about something that I also, for some reason, just love so much because I really do love Joseph so much. So obviously, as we've said, we're going to talk about Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. So I guess we should start by talking about where, not where, but why we love Joseph so much and where our like love for it started. Yeah, so we had a VHS tape of this movie. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why we had it, but we did watch it a lot when we were kids. And for me, I think the North Star of this thing really is Donny Osmond as Joseph. Yeah, you mentioned Um, you don't know where we got it. One time I asked mom like why we had that VHS tape where we got it and she just said, oh, I love Donny Osmond. Like she didn't give an explanation. Ah. She just said she loves Donny Osmond, which is understandable. But yeah, so we had this VHS tape as kids. Don't know where it came from. I don't even remember like the first time watching it or anything. I'm sure that I was confused the first time watching it, but I just remember seeing it once and going yes yes yeah well I was thinking about it earlier in preparation and I think the reason we have latched onto it so much is because we watched it as kids and there is something about it that we'll get into it later but this movie does not have any tonal consistency it doesn't have no none none whatsoever in the way that traditional movies do and I think it's really like if it's about anything, it's kind of about the way you introduce stories to children. Um, well, I mean, because... the whole the whole film is set up as them they're doing a play for children. Also, we exactly. are specifically exactly. talking about, just to make it clear for our listeners, oh, we are yes. specifically talking about the movie starring Donny Osmond. So the film has this, like, framing device of it's like a school play or it's like an assembly, basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, at first the kids kind of aren't into it but as it goes on they get more into it they get transfixed by Donny Osmond um as they should as they should the same way that the audience does I think and they have like all the teachers and all the teachers end up being the different characters in the play it's a very fun way to frame the story I think and I feel like there's really no other way to frame it because this Mm -hmm. is a magical musical journey following a story of the old testament i feel like it was a smart framing device because the musical does not take itself seriously enough to have it just start out with this is the story of joseph from the old testament no they have to like build that framing around it so that you can get into it and understand why it's such a theatrical piece in itself and like i know it's a musical but when taking a musical and putting it into a movie like a live action film you're you can't suspend that disbelief it's like Howard Ashman says Mm -hmm. like you need like animation or something to heighten the suspension of disbelief so that the characters randomly breaking out into song makes sense and this is an operetta the entire thing is sung I feel like that framing device is pretty essential to allow you to release that like oh, this doesn't make sense, like, negative part of your brain, and just know, like, oh, they're putting on a show for kids. That's why this is a musical, and that's why this is so insane. Yeah, if this movie started with, like, realistic shots of the desert and, like, Egypt, whatever, BC, like, written on it, it would, (laughs) it would be really weird. 
there's just nothing about this that tries to attempt realism. And I think that's part of the fun of it. I think that's also why it's harder to enjoy if you start it as an adult. Although I will say I watched it with my friend Clayton. And at first they weren't really into it. But then after a while, they were like, oh, like once you get high, this makes so much more sense. You need that like childlike ability to just accept things and I guess getting high Mm -hmm. and that way it changes your brain so that you're able to just accept what's happening and not think so critically about it I just I think it's really clever and musical biblical stories can be told in a very serious way and they can be beautiful I watched the prince of Egypt last night and that is DreamWorks Mm -hmm. magnum opus that is one of the most beautiful movies period it's gorgeous but it has a serious tone and it takes itself seriously whereas this does not take itself seriously so it requires more of a frame to have the audience not take it so seriously as well because this this Mm -hmm. musical is silly we're i mean we're talking about the framing for the movie which is the beginning of the movie but should we just get into i think we have to get into it and we have to get we have to feel around it we have to be engrossed by it so quick plot synopsis so the movie opens with an elementary school assembly, or K-8, whatever. The kids obviously don't want to be there. The narrator of the story, she comes up. They're like, ah, oh, another assembly. Who is this lady? She trips, falls. They all laugh at her. But then she opens her little book and starts <laughs> to sing. Some folks dream of the wonders they'll do before their time on this planet. Some just don't have anything planned. They hide their hopes and their heads in the sand. And then, boom! Smoke fills the auditorium and the magic is starting. Donny Osmond walks out. And sings his song and we are in the movie. It is magic. I know we don't remember the first time seeing this, but like... Go back as far as you can. What's your initial reaction to Don? All of a sudden, the auditorium filling up with smoke and Donnie walking out in his little robe, singing his song. I mean, just that mo- that transition from the first song into "Any Dream Will Do" is so nostalgic for me. The way that the lights go down and then the smoke rolls out and like the doors. I think the doors like get thrown open and there's like triumphant music. And you see his like silhouette and then he comes in and all the little kids suddenly know the words and he makes eye contact with each one of those kids. And I do think that they all fall immediately in love with him. Well, who wouldn't? Half naked Donny Osmond, hair just (laughs) gorgeous, flowing locks. It's it's Mm -hmm. truly incredible. But yeah, so he starts to sing. Then we get into the story. It's the biblical story of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. This guy, Joseph, he's got 11 brothers. There's 11 of us (laughs) now and only one of him. Yeah, exactly. So 11 brothers and he is the favorite. He's the son of Jacob. Jacob, Jacob and sons. But he's Jacob's favorite. He was born of Jacob's favorite wife. Jacob just loves him. And not only does he have this favoritism from his father, he has favoritism from God as well because he is blessed with these gifts he has almost psychic dreams where he can predict the future based off of the dreams that he and others have he can kind of decode them 
And one time he has this dream that he's going to be better than all of his brothers. And like the butthole he is, he lets them all know about it. He tells them, I'm going to be so much better than you one day. And then Jacob gives him this amazing multicolored dream coat. Sorry, my bad. Technicolor dream coat. Jacob wanted to show the world he loved his son to make it clear that Joseph was the special one. So Jacob bought his son a coat, a multicolored coat to wear. Obviously, we love this musical so much, and I wish we had time to break down every single scene in it. But unfortunately, that would take 10 million hours because of how much we love this thing and because of how truly truly bonkers bananas it is so i think instead we should just go through our favorite scenes i think a big big favorite for me is just the not the very beginning but about at the beginning mm-hmm. donny osmond walks out and sings our beautiful opening number any dream will do any dream will do. for me that just like boom the magic has begun you know, that just, I think, is a perfect opening because it solidifies how bonkers this thing's about to be. So, yeah, that's a favorite scene for me. What's one of yours? All right. So I was thinking about talking about just everything that happens in Egypt um, because Egypt is very, very fun. Like it's Las Vegas meets like Elvis. Yeah, they really play it- with the whole the king thing, like with the pharaoh. This whole thing, like, none of the places in this are represented with really any accuracy. It's very much like the keychain version of wherever it's based at any times, and it kind of jumps around. But I would say my favorite part is um, right at the end. So the brothers return to Egypt, and they don't recognize Joseph, um, but they are asking for food from Egypt. So he decides to test them to see if they've become better people by framing the youngest Benjamin for for stealing Benjamin is such a cutie by the way oh my gosh the actor who plays him adorable but so this is really like kind of the I would say like the emotional climax of the movie is when Joseph is testing his brothers to see if you know they're gonna betray each other the same way they betrayed him so long ago yeah and like there's um, this intense musical build where they're all thankful, they're eating their food, they're thankful, and then all yeah. of a sudden, stop! You robbers, your little numbers up. One of you has stolen my precious golden cup. And it's like as if it's leading up into this amazing emotional song where the brothers are finally gonna have it out, and you think, wow, like this is the climax. What's about to happen? Yeah. So essentially, you know, musicals they are a little different. Your your climax is going to be usually a number. So like Cats builds to memory, Sweeney Todd builds to that like ending sequence, Into the Woods builds to no one is alone. You know, it's so it's supposed to basically lead to like the memory, right? Yeah, it's That's supposed to lead to this happen. big like emotional building up for you to be like, wow, this is going to be intense. But then instead... Take me. Benjamin is than 
when you look at the track list of this and you see a song called Benjamin Calypso, do you think that that's going to be like the memory? Probably not. But no, anyway, you think the... <laughs> what the why is there a Calypso song in here? You so, think this you is know, probably we... just a fun B-side. But no. So honestly that song is very catchy um performed by Jerry McIntyre as Jerry Judah. McIntyre, he does a fantastic job. But it it's it's really just the best part of it for me um cuz it it's just I feel like the reason why Benjamin Calypso works it asserts itself as a form of entertainment that is about joy and not about logic or consistency or even drama. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just we're here to have a fun time and that's what we're about to do and it's fantastic. It's yeah, he gets reunited with his father um they sing any dream will do again um the ending happens in like this void of fog is that supposed to be a boat i can't it's a chariot they say uh the lyrics it's really it's really high the like singing so you can't super tell what it's saying and it's like choral it's a bunch of voices stacked on top of each other but they say Oh, it's okay. a chariot. <laughs> so anyway, they get reunited. Everything is well in the kingdom. Um, it truly doesn't make sense. But I mean, a lot of the Bible doesn't make sense. And then when Andrew Lloyd Webber gets his little grimy little fingers on it, there's just no way for it to be logical, I think. This man made a whole musical about trains. He doesn't care. He really <laughs> does not care. I mean, but I think that's kind of his thing. Like, he's the spectacle guy. If we want to talk about spectacle, this movie, it has spectacle, it has camp. It's a really fun ride, but you have, to really... be, you have to be willing to turn your brain off and just accept what's about to come. I don't even think it's necessarily turning your brain off. I think it's like turning your brain on enough to engage with it on the level it wants you to engage with it. You know, it's not going like, that's not a real goat, because it's not about it being a real yeah. goat. It's, it's about... Like... It's, like, about the spectacle. It's kind of about the importance of spectacle. Yeah. Because it's this like, really is, like, for kids, I would say. I will say it is weird for how young it seems to skew, how also sexual it is. For me, I feel this film was kind of, I wouldn't say a, like, queer awakening, but it was definitely something that made me question, it's so dis- why am I know? looking so hard at these nipple tassels right now? <laughs> Preparing to watch this movie is like preparing to get on a roller coaster because you know you could get sick or you could die. I'm not saying this movie (laughs) will kill you, but if you allow yourself to have fun with it, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Oh yeah, I would recommend that everyone at least once try to dip into the warm, glittery waters of Joseph. You might enjoy yourself. I think you absolutely will if you allow yourself to. Don't think of it as a Bible story. Don't think of it as a serious musical. Don't be like, oh, I'm an artist and I'm going to watch this through the lens of a young artist. No, you're watching it because (laughs) it's silly and it's funny and it's a little bit gay. And... Oh, it's super, it's super gay. Well, I feel like it is very queer to 
make a movie that doesn't follow what is supposed to be like what you would traditionally call a good movie you know like there's something very queer about like subverting like oh is this moment supposed to be where we're supposed to have a ballad no we're gonna do a calypso number is not to mention like just how gay this movie is aesthetically yeah Um, oh my he's wearing a (laughs) rainbow coat I mean, this yeah. movie could not be more queer-coded. That's actually interesting that you bring that up because there is, like, one way to think about the story of Joseph, which is that the idea that it's a coat is kind of a mistranslation. You know, we have this idea that he, all his brothers were mad because he was given the coat, and they're, like, jealous of the favoritism and everything. But um, there's actually a way to translate it where what he was given is, like, a traditional a garment of clothing that's traditionally not worn by men. Oh. Um, instead of it being like the favoritism thing, all the brothers are mad because he's kind of boldly expressing himself in this kind of queer piece of clothing. That's and really cool. Yeah, it's like super, even without that layer, although that layer is really interesting, you know, it's all of the brothers tearing up this like rainbow coat that he was given. Yeah. And then him reclaiming it at the end. It's it's very, very queer. Wow. Metaphors, people. Metaphors. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And I feel like in that way that it is queer and unapologetic and fun, that's where the comfort of it comes for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's something I that I can watch and just know I'm going to have fun with. And so in that way, it's a very comforting movie to me. Would you say it's a comfort film for you as well? Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's kind of the epitome of comfort. And it's like you said, it's something where it wants you to engage with it in the most joyful way possible. You know, you go and watch Joseph for some glittery costumes and to get a bunch of songs stuck in your head and to just see a spectacle. And I think that is why it's so comforting because it doesn't really ask more of you than to like have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like this is very true for me and I I would guess that it's true for you as well as we're singers. I hate to say I'm a singer, but we we grew up singing. We were encouraged to sing our whole lives. We trained singing and it's something that just all the songs are so fun to sing, even the serious ballads. Like, I discovered my, like, tenor range because I would belt along to Donny Osmond. sing those songs because they're just like I hate to say it but Andrew Lloyd Webber is a talented composer at times and a lot of those songs are very fun to belt along to and I get a lot of comfort from singing it just releases endorphins and so then singing something that I know is from this ridiculous thing and yeah I think as like Donny Osmond was a big influence for you musically I think the narrator for me really informed a lot of the way that I sing with that like 
it's almost operatic but there's a lot of pop and it's just so fun and i guess in a way like those musicals kind of did teach us like that was probably the first musical we watched joseph is the first musical i remember watching and singing along with and so it makes sense that then that would shape how we sing and i think like if you want kids to you know grow up and maybe eventually enjoy theater you don't like start them with like three penny opera or something like yeah or like you start them with like joseph and then they start having fun with something and learning how fun Mm -hmm. it is it's important to have these shows where it's just fun so then later so then later you can get into the more serious stuff but still appreciate the fun behind it I think it's really just a show about like the way that we tell stories to children and the way that we make these things engaging for them. Absolutely. What is your very favorite aspect of it? And what is your least favorite thing? I feel like we might have these in common, but I'm not sure. Okay, my very favorite thing, I mean, if it's not going to be the narrator, I think it really does have to just be the the music, the songwriting. Um it's insane it it's like no ideas are bad ideas um but it it just all operates on a level of fun my least favorite thing about it probably it is very fun for kids but I guess aside from the narrator the there's not a lot of great female characters there's kind of a weird thing with um like the wives yeah Um, I feel like this would be a very lame like if you happen if this happened to be what your high school was doing I feel like that would (laughs) be kind of a bummer yeah and that's I feel like that's unfortunately like a big part of musical theater is there Mm -hmm. aren't a lot of shows with a lot of great female roles and -hmm. I know that's something we struggled with in high school theater I mean my one lead was a male part but um the other thing I would say is just there are two skips for me and it's the western one and then definitely those canaan days i just oh my this god this was fun but it's not exactly funny that's not really the same thing and when it kind of tries to be funny that's when it, it loses me a little bit yeah yeah I, so i guess you got pretty deep with it but my least favorite thing about the show is one more angel in heaven yeah it's kind of the worst song it's Sorry. just terrible there's so many tonal shifts and that's one that i can do without my favorite thing is the bejeweled um, boobs. And then also, I love Close Every Door to Me. That song is one of my go-to audition songs. And also, that song's interesting in that it's like the one thing that does connect it more to its origin story, to the Bible, because of his his line, um, children of Israel are never alone. And that is a big theme throughout the Old Testament that the people of Israel have gone through so much but like know that you're not alone and that like god is looking out for you but then for me i take that into a different sense just that like i'm not alone i don't really believe in the big guy in the sky but like it is Mm -hmm. an important message to know you're not alone and bad things might be happening but you're gonna get out of it joseph is gonna get out of that cell you're gonna (laughs) raise your grade you're gonna do like you're gonna get out of whatever you're in and i think that that song is just so beautiful and it's such a pop close every door to me hide all the world from me bar all the windows and shut out the light obviously we love this film so much 
um cc thank you so much for talking about it with me i know your time was limited today so i do really appreciate that you were able to sit down and do this that's i really do appreciate you so much and i love you so much my dude but yeah just thank you thanks for doing this with me and talking about our favorite weird little musical yeah um thank you so much for having me i love this musical i love talking about it i love any time where i can like really dissect anything that i enjoy um so thank you so much and have a great day well we'll have to have you on again sometime and just real quick before you go do you want to plug your socials one more time yeah so you can find me at ccherritor.com or just at ccherritor on instagram and most other socials um and i'm a storyboard artist and an animation director and the best older sister i could have ever asked for all right thank you ccpp i love you all right y'all thank you so much for listening i know that was a wild ride i really enjoyed getting to share my sister and i's favorite musical with you all it's insane we know it is so thank you so much for bearing with us and giving it a listen if you'd like to follow me on instagram it's at kara.hara or you can follow my brand new twitter for the podcast at icgopod that's I-C-G-O pod. All right. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Cecilia for joining me today. And thank you to Andrew Lloyd Webber for making this terrible, terrible musical. I hope you all have a great week and a good night.